This is Jimmy DeYoung, and I'm so thrilled that you could take a few moments to join with us for a Bible study. I have in my hand here Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. This is a study of what is indeed the legacy of Ishmael, the first son of Abraham. Ishmael did not start the Arab world. He was not the father of all of the Arab nations. Now, we'll study that in this particular series. It's a five-hour series on Ishmael's Islamic invasion, and I tell you how Ishmael played a key role in the Islamic faith of today. Well, this five-hour CD audio series is available to you. I'll tell you how you can get your copy of it in just a moment. But right now, if you will, take a few moments and let's listen to an introduction to Ishmael's Islamic invasion. The beginning of Ramadan and pronounced judgment upon several men each of which I don't necessarily 100% agree with theologically, but men who claim to be born-again Bible-believing Christians who have stepped forward to tell the truth. Men like Franklin Graham, Jerry Falwell, Pat Robertson, who have called Islam what it is. And yet our president denouncing these three Christian leaders, joins with the Muslim clerics to celebrate the giving of the Koran, which denounces the Old Testament and the New Testament, perverts the word of God, and says that Jesus Christ was not the Son of God in the flesh. According to my Bible, 1 John chapter 4, anybody who says or denies that Jesus Christ was not the Son of God in the flesh is an antichrist. And our president joined forces to sit down with them and celebrate in a feast this supposed holy day. And so the subject I've chosen to speak on this week is the Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. Of this world. And we're going to spend five sessions in the mornings talking to you about the subject of Islam. Today I want to build the base. Why do we need to be talking about it? Should we be attacking? Is it politically correct to speak on this subject? I'm going to teach the Word of God, and that always, in my opinion, is politically correct, no matter what the political leaders may say. And so I want you to hold me to the standard of sticking to the Word of God. Cause me to make certain that I am anchored to this book as we study this particular subject. And I want you to know from the very outset, I am not attacking personalities. I am attacking philosophy. There is a difference. I just got finished telling you I was in Bethlehem doing some television production. Our two sons, Jim and Rick, have taken young people over into Israel to do missionary work for three-week periods of time, having spent more time with the Palestinian young people than the Jewish young people, we have a heart, a hunger, to see these people come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. Our church, the church that I helped establish back in 1991, has had an opportunity to reach out to the Palestinian people, have given money to these Christians in Betjala so that they might continue to be able to preach the gospel and live the Christian life in front of these Muslims that have basically inundated the city of Bethlehem. 
And so I am not attacking personalities. I'm going after a philosophy, which in my opinion, and I believe I can show you from the Word of God in this series of, of meetings we'll have together, is based in the satanic mind set and the strategy that was brought into existence with the creation of Satan himself some 6,000 years ago. What I'd like to do is, by the way, I think every Muslim individual needs to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or they're going to die and burn in hell forever. Now I make that statement and then I make the statement I believe every Jew without Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior needs to have Christ as Lord and Savior or he or she will die and burn in hell forever. So I'm uh, equal opportunity to all of those who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Genesis, if you will. And I want to start, we want to look at the origins of Satan and uh, start to get a handle. Uh, I'm going to set the base this morning, basically, for our study throughout the entire week. And I want to think about Satan's dominion strategy. Satan comes to power and he's going to establish a dominion strategy. And we'll look at the scriptures and we'll see how this all comes to happen as we go through the particular scriptures. Now, when I'm talking about Satan's uh, dominion strategy, we have to go back to Genesis because that's exactly where Satan is going to appear for the very first time. Uh, For these 6,000 years, there has been a presence of Satan. In fact, Chapters 1, 2, and 3 of the book of Genesis are a theocracy. But in chapter 3, we see the fall of man. We see the establishment of Satan as the one in charge of this world. And in fact, that's what he offered to Jesus, the kingdoms of this world, if you will just bow down before me. And so from Genesis chapter 3, and it'll go all the way over to Revelation chapter 20, There is a Satanocracy in this world that we're living in. Theocracy, the first three chapters. Theocracy, the last three chapters of the Bible, chapters 20, 21, and 22 of Revelation. In between those 1,100 and some other chapters, there is a Satanocracy that has been operating. Now, again, I want to talk with you about the origins of Satan as we find him in his motivation to have dominion over all of mankind. Genesis chapter 1 is the creation of everything that has happened. It's a six-day, six-24-hour day period of time when God creates everything. In the book of Exodus, look over there just for a moment. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, we see the giving of the law. Moses on Mount Sinai receives the law from God. And in this law is a statement upon which I am making my statement. It's from God himself. It's to Moses. It's the Ten Commandments. It's set down for the Jewish people. It's the precedent upon which our constitution has been established. And all of common law in the world is established. And here in the context of the Ten Commandments, chapter 20 of Exodus, verse 11, he says this. For in six days the Lord made the heavens... Uh, by the way, I have a King James Bible... Now, my King James Bible, glory to God, hallelujah, uh, is a Schofield Bible. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, but I do know a little bit of Hebrew as well, and that word is not heaven. See, my King James says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. 
Well, that should be plural, not singular. The heavens. There are three heavens at least. I know that. How do I know there are three heavens? Well, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writing, he said, I knew a man about 14 years ago who went to the third heaven. I think he was actually talking about himself. However, whatever he, whoever he was talking about, whatever he was saying, he knows this individual who went to the third heaven. Uh, thus, logically, it would say if there's the third heaven where God was, that's where this man went, then there must be a second heaven and a first heaven. Third heaven is indeed where God is. Second heaven is where the stars, the galaxies are. And the first heaven is what we see out here this beautiful day we're having down here in Florida. And so there are three heavens. So God says now to Moses to write down to give to the Jewish people, again, verse 11, for in six days... And by the way, those are the six 24-hour days of Genesis 1. In six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, now look at this, and all that in them is, and he rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And so in six 24-hour days, he is now going to establish everything that is. In the beginning, Genesis 1-1, and from that point to the next six days, He established everything that was created. Thus, he created angels. Everything was created in those six 24-hour days. There have been those who have said angels were prehistoric. Now, that word, and I said this before, maybe you've heard me say it, that word prehistoric is an oxymoron. There is no such thing as prehistoric existence except with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If history is a record of time. Time started, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. Time is only in place until eternity future. In eternity past, in eternity future, there was, there was be no time and there will be no time. And so we only have time in the beginning until eternity future. Thus, nothing prehistoric. History, you know what history is? His story. In other words, what he wants us to know. That's history, see? So angels were created in that 624-hour period of time. Thank you so very much for joining us for this Bible study. Ishmael's Islamic Invasion is a five-hour CD audio series available to you. This study will look at Satan's dominion strategy, Ishmael's true legacy, Islam's satanic trio, the Islamic Invasion, and Islam the final solution. Those would be the five parts to this five-hour CD audio series, Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. If you'd like to have a copy of this, you can see how to purchase it by going to our website, www.prophecytoday.com. Go to our shopping mall, and there they'll show you how you can follow through and get your own personal copy. Or you can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. We have people standing by. They will take your order. Once again, that number, 877-674-3298. It's toll-free from all across America. Be sure to understand how Islam will play a key role in the end times. You must have your copy of Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. Go and find out how you can get your copy either to the website or call the toll-free number. This is Jimmy DeYoung thanking you for joining us right now. Hey, everything we've talked about and even that introduction to Ishmael's Islamic invasion gives us evidence that the rapture of the church could take place at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until...